First of all, I want to say I am thankful for God's goodness and provision. And uh, for those of you that haven't noticed, it's a little warmer in here today uh, than it has been in the last weeks. Dan's back there waving at himself like he's like a little girl. Uh, she's just too hot, can't take it in here. Uh, but uh, our, 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 our heaters uh, on, this left, on this side over here are fixed. Praise the Lord. And uh, it'll, that'll help keep us warm in the wintertime. Now, it's not that we haven't met in here when it was cold. We have. We've met in here in jackets in 50 degrees. Uh, but uh, I'm thankful that we don't have to. I'll <laughs> uh, be praying there's still a few other things that need to be done with the heat. Uh, but that is, a, that is an answer to prayer. And I want to praise God for it uh, because God is good. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at verses, start at verse 26 uh, this, this afternoon. Uh, again, we're going through the characters of, of Christmas and uh, of the Christmas story. And this morning we, we spoke of, of, uh, of Zacharias and, and, and how God used uh, him and his wife uh, to bring forth the forerunner of, of the gospel, uh, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. God used John. Uh, to, to turn the hearts of the people of Israel, at least a large portion of the people of Israel, back to him uh, before, uh, before, before Christ's ministry started. It was preparing Jesus uh, for, for, preparing his, for him for his ministry, preparing the, the, them for his ministry. And uh, we saw that, that he was a righteous man. We saw that he was a godly man uh, who served God and, and loved God. Uh, but even as a man who loved God, and even, uh, even as a man who served God and and uh, a man of God, he was also in, in the most difficult of times and circumstances. Um, he was also a man who could doubt, and uh, just like you know, it just show, goes to show you that we can struggle in our faith. Um, we can struggle in, in trusting the Lord, and uh, I, I appreciate the fact that, uh, that while he struggled with his doubting. God used the angel and God, because the angels just brought the message from God, God used uh, their situation to remind Mary uh, that nothing is impossible with God and uh, uh, to encourage her in uh, the, uh, the purpose that God had for her. And so today we're going to be looking at Mary. Uh, this, this afternoon we'll look at Mary and uh, we're going to look at a couple different things and, and see just who she was and what, why God used her and uh, why, why I think God used her. And uh, and uh, and hopefully the same things can be said of us. If if not, um, may may God help us to to make it so. Verse twenty five says this. Thus hath the Lord dealt with me. I'm looking at the wrong chapter. No, I'm not. Okay, verse twenty six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. I want you to notice this verse, verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I ask for your help this afternoon. Lord, I pray that you give me direction and uh, give me the words to speak. Lord, I pray that you would help us to help me to just proclaim the truth of your word. And Lord, help us to, to take uh, the principles that we can learn here and apply them to our own lives, Father, that we can not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. 
Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know without Mary, there would be no Christmas story because Mary was the mother of Jesus. Now, if God had not used Mary, I believe God would have raised up somebody else and we would just be talking about somebody else today. Uh, however, there were some things about Mary that Mary didn't think about herself and that God brought upon her or spoke of her. And uh, it's, it's important for us to remember that God doesn't use anything noble. And God doesn't use anything wise. And God doesn't use anything that's perfect because of, he needs that. What he uses many times is those things that are broken. Those things that are of no acclaim to themselves. Uh, but he uses them because he can then bring honor and glory to himself. We see here, that just in the, intro, in, in the blessed introduction of, of Mary, uh, we don't even learn her name until the end of the verse. But we do learn a few things about her. Uh, there in verse 26, it says, it says uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, this is the same Gabriel that was speak, speaking to, that spoke to Zacharias. Uh, and as Zacharias asked how he should know that what the angel said was true, in verse 19 of chapter 1, he says, and the angel answering said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to, to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. He was, a, he was an angel of God, an archangel, one of the two that are named. As, as Gabriel came to her, uh, to Mary, he bore the same, a, a different truth, but the same truth. Uh, uh, they were still glad tidings. There was still a message to be brought unto her. But I want you to know the source of the message was just as, as true and, and, and verified as it was for, for Zacharias. It was still a message from God, uh, not just a message. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. It was a, a wonderful thing. But, but notice that he didn't pick her or choose her because of her attributes. Uh, it says that she came from Galilee. From, uh, from the Galilee is not a town, it's a, it's a region. Uh, and, uh, but she came from a city in that region of Galilee called Nazareth. Now, you and I think of Nazareth, and we think of it because it's a Bible story. There are, there are Bible stories attached to it, or Bible accounts, not stories. I don't like to use the word stories in referring to the Bible, because they're not stories. They are accounts of true things that happened. Uh, but but we, we, we connect... Um, a popularity uh, to to a town because of the stories, because the Jesus came from there. Well, you and I know who Jesus is. But if we look at John chapter 1, I believe it's verse 40, 46, one of Jesus' apostles said, can anything good come from Nazareth? This wasn't a place that you would go to for great learning. It wasn't a place where, where very popular or powerful people lived. Uh, it was a little podunk town in the middle of nowhere. It, 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 that phrase that he used, can anything good come out of it, wasn't because it was a bad place. It was just a no place. It, it, it wasn't the, uh, the county seat or a place of, of, of renown. There, were, there was nothing great that had ever happened there. It was just a place. And I want you to notice in the continuing on in that same verse, uh, it says this, uh, verse 26. Uh, it says, uh, sorry, verse 27, to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now it gives us the name. The virgin's name was Mary. 
Now it tells us she's a virgin. The, we know what that we know what that means, uh, uh, and it's integral. It's an integral part of this this account, uh, uh, and we'll come back to it in in a little bit. But what that tells us is that she has no children. Uh, in fact, later on, she, she asked the, the, the angel, how could these things be, seeing as I've never known a man? So uh, we understand that, that she is a, a, a young lady, probably between the ages of 12 and 14, uh, uh, who, who's never been married. She is espoused. Now, being espoused is not the same as what today we call engaged. It's a little bit the same, uh, but what it means is there is an actual contract that's been signed between the parents. She has agreed, and uh, their fa- the fathers have agreed, uh, to, to, that this marriage was going to take place. Uh, in fact, a writing of divorcement could be made for somebody who's a spouse. In fact, when we read about Joseph and we get into that, he's trying to sign whether or not to divorce her uh, and, uh, and chooses not to, but that's another story. Uh, uh, so here we have, she's, she's a young lady. She's never been married. She's never had any kids. She comes from, from nowhere. We don't even know her name to the end of the verse. It tells us everything about her uh, until, it tell, before it tells us her name. You know what that tells me? God does not need uh, to use or doesn't choose us because of our greatness. If, if Mary had never bore the son of Jesus, nobody would ever know who she was. Think about that. If, if she had not fulfilled the purpose of God for her life, then nobody would ever know who she was. We consider success in today's world by, by, by how well you're known or how far your reach is or how much connection you have. She had none of it. Now, uh, we, we think of a 12 to 14-year-old girl today and think of you know, our, our kids, and that terrifies me to think of uh, somebody, uh, the age of our kids, the maturity level of our kids getting married. Uh, it, it scares me at 18, 19 years old when they want to get married. But the culture was different back then. The kids, they were brought up to be more responsible in those days. They didn't have a choice. It was just, that's the way things were back in those days. However, you have this young girl who's, who's, who's a spouse to be married. She, this contract has been made with Joseph. She's, she, uh, she's, she's planning her life. She, she's looking ahead to what her life is going to be. And, and, going to be. and in her mind, she's, she's going to be married and she's going to have kids. And Joseph is a carpenter, so he's got a good job. And they're going to have a nice little house. And there's going to be a white picket fence around the house. And maybe some sheep in the backyard and some chickens over here. And I don't know if she had those kind of plans. But she was planning out her life ahead of her. And, and, and that's just normal, right? Think about when you were a young person uh, uh, getting ready to get married. Now, maybe you weren't that young. Uh, you were looking at school or looking forward to what you are going to do in school or after school. And, and you, you were preparing for your life. You had plans, or at least you were trying to come up with some. I believe she did, too. So she's not well known. She's not. She's not all that important. In fact, if you want to write my, my notes, where she was, she was unaccomplished. She was unmarried. She was unproductive. She was to the world unimportant. She was just nobody. In fact, that's exactly how she saw herself. Because when when the angel speaks to her, she she she's she's confused and under, doesn't understand why he would say that she was highly favored and why she would say that she was more blessed than all the other women that ever. She doesn't she doesn't understand that. It says that in verse twenty nine. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Not troubled. She saw an angel. That would have troubled me. But she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind, she began to wonder in her mind what manner of salutation. Why did he greet me like that? Who am I? Have you ever thought of yourself like that? I'm just a nobody. I, I, I could never do, I could never, I'm, I'm nobody, I haven't come from anything. You don't know my background, you don't know, uh, I'm limited in what I can do for God. 
I'm pretty sure she felt the same way. When that angel appeared to her, she, she cast her mind, she began to doubt, how could God use me? Why would God send an angel to me? He didn't send an angel to, 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 to call her out, to, to, to bless her with this message and, and this purpose in her life because of who she was. And he didn't do it because of who her parents were. He didn't do it because of her potential of, uh, in, 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 in her ability of to, to be a good mother or to, to do those other things. He did it because of what God saw in her life. And we're going to, at the end of this, as we go through this, we're going to come back and look at four things uh, that were a part of her life that should be a part of every one of our lives that will help us to be able to have the same response that Mary does in this situation. So the introduction there is that she's a nobody, unaccompanied, unmarried, unproductive, and unimportant. But we do see here a bold message from the angel. You go back again to verse, uh, verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. This is that, that, angel, this is that message or the salutation that began to cause her to wonder. Why am I favored? How am I blessed? And when she saw him, she was troubled and saying, casting doubt in her mind what manner of salutation should be. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now, knowing Mary's background and knowing Mary's history and knowing about Mary, and the truth is, knowing about all of us, we're, we're all sinners, we all fall short of the glory of God. What did God just show her? Favor. We call it something else today. Grace. See, God, she didn't deserve that favor. It was undeserved favor. That's the exact meaning of grace. It's, it's to receive favor that she hasn't deserved. She didn't earn it. She, uh, she didn't inherit it. It didn't come from anything that she was going to do, any potential that she had. It was only by the grace of God. God had chosen her and, and had a purpose for her in her life. And she didn't know what it was yet. But, but, but here he comes. He says, you're highly favored. That favor that she got was just the grace of God. Listen, that grace is, is available for you and for me. In fact, if you're saved, you've already received the grace of God. You received it in salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. You didn't get it because you deserve it. You got it because God is good and he favored you. But listen, God doesn't save us just to exist. Just like God didn't favor her just to exist. He had a purpose in her life. You say, well, she was just a little girl from the middle of nowhere what is she going to do? This, is, this isn't some rags to riches story uh, where she goes and lives this wonderful life out in a mansion because God gave her the, the gift of singing and she, she became well known in the, in, the, in the area of Jerusalem and, the, and Rome. And, listen, this is not that kind of story. This is the kind of story that, listen, what, she, what God was going to put upon her was not going to be easy. What God was going to ask of her was going to be difficult and was going to cost her, potentially cost her everything that she had hoped for and planned for. But, but what it did was it blessed us all. The bold message was a prophesied birth. He says, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and, shalt, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever 
and his kingdom, there shall be no end. There is a prophesied birth. Uh, this birth isn't, this isn't the first time this birth was spoken of. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the Bible tells us that a virgin would conceive. It's talking about the Messiah. What she's, what, uh, she may, I don't know if the thought clicked in her mind. or In fact, I don't believe it did. Because how, she says, how could this be? Uh, because I've never known a man. Uh, she's thinking, okay, God's going to, uh, I'm going to get pregnant. But I've never, how, I don't understand how this is going to happen. But that, well, that shows confusion. It doesn't show doubt. This morning we saw the doubt in, in, in uh, Zacharias because he, he began to reason and said, uh, well, I'm old and my wife is well stricken in years. There was, there was much doubt in his, in, in his mind, and we know that because he was, he was uh, judged because of his doubt. But here she's not judged. She's just confused. She, she, she's not connecting the dots. What 12 or 14-year-old little girl would? Think about it. Her, she's planning to get married, and, and here this angel from the Lord, his name is Gabriel. I'm sure he was just as powerful and terrible, and terrifying looking as he was when, when he appeared to Zacharias, and he trembled and was afraid. But she, she wasn't concerned with that. She was just like, I don't understand. But it was prophesied. Hundreds of years before before she ever before she was she she was uh, told this uh, uh, it was a prophesied birth and praise the Lord that God fulfills His promises. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter one also talks about how this was uh, that, that she would be born of a virgin. Uh, uh, it was it was it was uh, prophesied by the angel there uh, as as he went that she would be born or that he would be born of a virgin. But praise the Lord for God that ke- for God that keeps His promises. And listen, this is the most important promise. Uh, uh, if God kept every other promise but failed in this one, we can't trust Him for anything. So I'm thankful that God kept his promise. It was a prophesied birth. Uh, it, was a, it was a blessing bestowed. Uh, notice the word, uh, the, the name Jesus. It says, and, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Uh, it goes on later in another area. It says that he shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Savior. Praise, praise God for that. What a, what a blessing bestowed upon, upon her. As she begins, to, when, she, when she finally comes to understanding of all this, what, what, a, what a, a humbling a thing that must have been to realize that, that she was going to bear in her body the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the, 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 the Messiah, the one uh, who would one day, and she did not know this at the time, but die. She just knew that she was going to bear the, bear the Messiah. That was the message. Uh, the, this bold message that she was receiving is, is a blessing that was bestowed. Uh, notice also the boundless kingdom that, that's mentioned here in the next verse. He shall be great, and he shall be called the son of the highest. If there was any confusion of who he was going to be, the, the angel was very clear with her. Uh, uh, the Lord shall give, uh, sorry, he shall be great, he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Again, more prophecy where it was promised that the Messiah would come from the, the, the lineage of David. And guess what? She was of the lineage of David. What, what a blessing to see how God was doing this. As God was, the angel was explaining unto, unto her uh, this, this message that she was going to have or, or bear and, and give birth to and be the mother of the Messiah. Now, there is a brief curiosity, and I have already mentioned it. It says there in verse, uh, we skip verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall there be no end. And again, that's speaking of, the, of that, the, the end of that promise there. That the, uh, What a blessing that is. Think about that for a second. 
He's not a Messiah who would just rise up and save him for a little while. But his kingdom would be forever. Listen, that promise is for you and me. Right, right now, we're not in control. And guess what? The truth is, we'll, we'll never be in control. Uh, uh, but God is in control. Uh, right now, Satan's in control of this world. And while he's in control, he can only do what God allows him to do. So ultimately, who's in control? God's in control. And everything that's happening, all the things that Satan is doing, he may think that he's, he's fighting against God, but ultimately what's going to happen is he's doing the work of God and bringing it into himself. Because one day every nation is going to rise up against and fight against God. We read about it in the, in the, in the Revelation, you read about it in the book of Psalms. Uh, they're going to fight against God, but they're all, the Bible says in Psalms, that he's going to laugh. Do we really think the God of all creation is not going to be able to, to take down a few armies? course not and but once his kingdom is established and and once uh, once satan is cast in the lake of fire with death and hell and it's all the millennial reign is over he will reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and we we are unable to grasp that because our lives are a, a but a speck of dust in in in, in the marathon of there is no end do we do we, do we understand that we will be with him forever and he will reign forever. And that's the promise that was given to, to, to her. He reminding her of who she was going to bear. It was going to be the Messiah. The promised one. The one they've been waiting for. And listen, at this point in time in Israel's existence, man, they were hoping for the Messiah. Because Rome was in control. And, and Rome was evil. Herod was evil. And they wanted to get rid of all of those things. And that's why even right up until the, the day he went up to heaven, the disciples asked him, is it time for your kingdom yet? <laughs> we're ready. Because <laughs> we, we, like we don't like things the way they are. It's not for them to know the time of the hour. But they can know this. Just as the angel said, that as he ascended up into heaven, he will descend. He will be coming back. And praise the Lord for that. So we see the, the, the boundless kingdom. And as I already mentioned, we didn't look at it yet, but her brief curiosity. Uh, she, she says, uh, I lost the verse. Verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Saying, I know not a man. She didn't grasp the, the, the idea, the, the knowledge that it was a virgin. She just realized she was a virgin. She's confused. Uh, but, but confusion and not knowing God's plan or how he's going to do something doesn't mean you don't believe that he can do it. This morning we talked about Zechariah. And he said, I don't know how you can do it. Uh, and here's my reasons why. And she just says, How's he, how are you going to make this happen? There's a difference. One allows that God is for the knowledge that God is able to. The other was, I don't believe he can. And while we as Christians sometimes doubt the, very, the, the truth of the word of God, we doubt what God can do, uh, uh, we should always understand that even though we can't understand what he's going to do or how he's going to do it, he can do it. There is nothing, and we'll see it here in a moment, there is nothing that is impossible with God. Sometimes we'll put that on, on, on people that we know that are lost. Well, God can never save that one. I, I can't ever see that God, God being able to get a hold of that heart. You would be surprised the depths of depravity that God can pull somebody out of. There is no limit to the depths of depravity. Uh, uh, how many, is it, I think it's Amazing Grace. How many of you like singing Amazing Grace? You know who it was written by? A slave trader. 
who, who when they were about to be caught, cast all the slaves they had in the boat chained into the water to drown. Can God save somebody? Why do you think it says amazing grace helps with the sound? Because he understood that, that the grace of God reached down into the, darks, the dark depths of sin to rescue him. It, it's, it, it, it boggles my mind that we would put limits upon God, but, but, there are, but God is limitless. The only thing that limits God is God himself. He cannot act outside of his nature, so he can't sin because he's holy. Uh, he can't lie because he's the truth. Uh, it's, uh, uh, so, so understand that there is no limit to what God can do. And if God says, I'm going to do this, <laughs> I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, so so uh, don't doubt the, the word of God, but it's okay to be curious. Listen, there have been times when I've been curious, and I'll be honest, there have been times when I've doubted. Uh, it used to be. Uh, there, there was a period of time, uh, just a quick illustration, period of time when uh, we were having some issues with uh, a previous vehicle that I had, and a water pump kept going out on that dumb thing. And, uh, but it only, the first time it went out, uh, praise the Lord, we had just gotten... Uh, somebody had blessed us with, with a gift and it was, uh, it was enough I was excited about the gift and then praise the Lord the thing went out and I'm not praising the thing went out but we had the money to cover it to have money to cover, a, to cover something that would happen like that was, is a blessing instead of to try to add debt to yourself or, or, or find so praise God he already figured it out the very next year we're, we, we received a, another, another gift another blessing and we're, we're getting ready and making plans of what we're going to do with it and all the, all the plans that we had for it and uh, as we're in the parking lot of the bank to deposit in the uh, deposit, my my <laughs> stupid water pump went out in the in the parking lot. And I looked at, I looked over at Jess. I started laughing. I said, "Well, I guess I know what we're doing with it. I'm not worried about it." Happened again later. I hadn't didn't received any gift, but do you know what I've learned? Instead of wondering what's going to happen, instead of doubting that God can do it, something happens. Now I just like I'm excited to see what's going to happen. It's, this heat is a perfect example. Didn't know how it was going to fix. And we have money to fix it, but there's parts, there aren't parts anywhere. In fact, the, the right part didn't come. They sent the wrong part. But it was a better part. And it works better, and, and it heats better, and praise God it fit. So, so understand that God did that. And God did it last time when, when we had no heat, and it, and it cost us nothing to fix it. Listen, God did that. Instead of doubting God, look back at those times when we see, oh, God worked here, and God worked here, and God worked here. I guess he can't work this way. No, of course he can. There's no limit to what God can do. It's okay to, to question how he'll do it, but it's not okay to doubt. There was a brief curiosity, but notice the brilliant work as it's explained by the angel. She says in verse 34, how shall this be? And the angel explains in verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in of thee shall be called the Son of God. What a beautiful picture and understanding. If you go back into the book of Genesis, and I think I, I credit Brother Troy for this, if you go back into the book of Genesis, before the creation of the world, uh, before, before, before everything came to be, the Bible says that the, that the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. 
if the Spirit of God had not moved upon the face of the waters, it was, the water, it was, it was darkness, it was, there, was, there was a nothingness there, and, and, but the Spirit of God moved and, and God created the earth. Listen, when, when, we, when, uh, when uh, Mary, Mary's question says, I don't understand what's going to happen, and the angel says, the Spirit of God is going to move upon you. And, and listen, the Holy Spirit moved upon her in, in her womb and, and created in her with her egg and, and through the Holy Spirit. The, uh, I, I can't give you the intricate details, but I don't know them. Nobody does. But we know the Spirit moved and life was created in her. And part of that life was deity, was God. God left heaven and came to earth and inhabited her womb. You and I can't grasp it because our minds are finite. But the word of God is true and, and, and it works just like it works in us when we get saved. Because in us, our hearts are dead and are dark. There's nothing there. But when the Holy Spirit of God moves upon us and the light of God shines on us, the gospel, we are able to become the sons of God. All through the gospel and the working and the moving of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's a brilliant work that, that we can't understand. It's amazing. I can look at a clock and I can see what time it is. I can't tell you how it keeps the time. Sometimes they don't keep the time, apparently. I, I can look at a car and I can get in it and I can turn the key and I can drive it around. I put gas in it. It keeps going and everything. But I can't make it run. Now, there are really smart people that build those cars. There are really smart people that build those clocks. And, and listen, there are really smart people that do other things. But only God can do what God did in this, in this, in this woman and this young lady in, in giving new life and giving birth to, in her womb. Not birth in her womb, but uh, placing the, uh, the Christ child into her womb. Only God could do that. She didn't go out and have an affair. She didn't know Joseph. Uh, Joseph didn't know her. And it wasn't somebody sneaking in there. It was God did the work. But it was the, it was the beautiful plan that God had created. It had nothing to do. She did nothing. Do you understand this? Uh, Mary is known for doing nothing. She is exalted. She is highly favored. She is blessed above all women before doing nothing. But being willing. It's a bold message. Notice her bowed behavior. I want to look at verse 36. The angel goes on to explain to her, 36 and 37, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who hath called barren, or who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. I want you to see Mary's response. It was a bowed behavior. She acknowledged her position here in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, a handmaid of the Lord. Why is that significant? She says, Listen, I am, I am simply your servant. She didn't say, uh, I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. Look at me. She said, Behold, I'm only your servant. That's what a maid servant is, just a young lady who's a slave or servant. Uh, she was acknowledging her position, that God was in control, and what he wanted, he was, that, that she was willing to allow to happen. She, 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 was just, she was just saying, I am nothing but your servant. Be it, be it unto me as you have said. She, she had, she had a, 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 an acknowledged position and ex, an accepted purpose. She said, listen, uh, my purpose was to get married to Joseph and to have, have, have a family. I'm, I'm adding words to what she said, but this is what she really meant. Uh, I I, th this was all my plan, but whatever your purpose is for my life, let it be. That is why God chose her. He didn't have to argue with her. 
He didn't have to twist her arm to get her. He didn't have to, 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 to chasten her to get her to bend to his will. She already had a heart of humility. And, and, and we see that. I mentioned there were four things that, that God saw in her that, that she didn't see in herself. And we can look back through the, through the word of God and we can see those things. Listen, she had a heart of humility. She, she knew she didn't come from anywhere. She knew that she wasn't anything. And we see that because she, in, in, in verse 29 when she said, that when it says uh, that she was cast in her mind, what manner of salutation uh, that, she, that, that, uh, that this should be. She didn't know why he would say these things to her. Uh, she wasn't anybody. Uh, but not only was uh, she, uh, do we see the humility? We, we see the submission. When, when he said, this is what I'm, is going to happen, she said, let it be. How many times has, has God showed us something in our life that should change or, or, or something that we need to submit ourselves to and we're like, well, I'll do it in my time. That's not humility. Humility is realizing that we are nothing other than we're no better than anybody else. We're we're all saying we're all in need of God's grace. Now, I'm not saying there's no value in us. God has placed value in us. Uh, uh, don't, don't, uh, we, need, we need to be careful. There's a fine balance in, under, in understanding that, that, that we should not be lifting ourselves up. We're, we are to humble ourselves. But the Bible says if we humble ourselves, then God will lift us up. Uh, it's, it's important to understand that this is, that this is the same thing, that, that the, same, uh, the, the same characteristics that, that we see in Jesus Christ who humbled himself and made himself as a man. He left heaven to come to earth to, to be a man. Listen, she had the same humble spirit that he did. She says, I, I, I'm a nobody from nowhere. But if you want to use me, use me. There's a humble spirit. There's a submissive spirit. But there's also that spirit of faith. That, uh, listen, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six tells us that. Uh, if we must believe that he is and he's rewarded those that, that diligently seek him. Uh, we, we see that the lack of faith in Zacharias' life brought punishment into his life where he, he couldn't speak until after the baby was born, until he wrote the words, his name shall be John, and his mouth opened up. Listen, uh, he, he, he doubted God. She never doubted. She just says, I don't understand how this is going to happen. But however it's going to happen, if you say it, I believe it. Do you know how I know that? Look at me at verse 45. Now this is, this is after she has gone to see Elizabeth, uh, the babe in Elizabeth's belly, John the Baptist. He's, I, I don't know that they called him John the Baptist yet, but he was John the Baptist. Uh, he leapt in her womb as soon as he heard. I used to think that as soon as he, 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 he knew that, this, that Jesus was there. But it says, when she heard the, the voice of his mother. And it says, it says uh, for verse 44, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which, her told, which were told her from the Lord. She believed. She had faith. She wasn't just uh, somebody who was submissive with, with a uh, humble, uh, humble spirit. Listen, she had faith in what God had said. What he said was going to happen was going to happen. She didn't d doubt his, his power or his ability or, or his faithfulness. She just said, okay, Lord. And that's something that we as Christians need to learn. We need to learn humility. We need to learn submissiveness. And we need to learn that we have a God that we can have faith in. God can do so much more than we ever than, than, than we than we trust Him to do. 
God can work in ways that we can't imagine. I'm not saying that we're going to have uh, this uh, miraculous wind blow through here and all of a sudden we'll all be... No, but God can work in us as individuals and God can work in as us in the church. God can work in our community through the gospel if, if we allow him to use us. Listen, God can do great and mighty things. And I believe he wants to. But we have to have faith. It's one thing to say I have faith. It's another thing to step out in faith. Stepping out in faith uh, it, it means that, that I'm trusting that God is going to do what he's told me to do. Now here's, here, here's, here's something that's important for that. It's not just jumping out blindly. We, we talk about taking a leap of faith all the time. I'm just going to take a leap of faith and trust God to catch me. Did God say he was going to catch you? Because if God didn't say he was going to catch you, you're going to fall. Because you're not to test God or not to tempt God. In fact, that's one of the things Satan tried to tempt Jesus for. He said, leap off the, 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 the pinnacle here and, and the angels will surely dash you. And he even brought up scripture to, to back, back up and prove it. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't go out and step in front of a bus and think God's going to protect you. He may keep you alive. He may not. Maybe it's just your time and he's like to do something stupid. I don't know. But, but, but God, if God calls you to do something, that's when you have faith. If God calls you to, to, to go, God, if the Spirit of God tells you to go tell somebody about Jesus Christ, guess what? Trust that he'll give you the power and the words to speak. Now, that doesn't mean you don't just go in blindly. Take your Bible. Go ready, prepare, prayed up and prepared, and tell them about the gospel. God calls you to be a Sunday school teacher or a missionary or a preacher or a pastor or, or, or anything at all. God calls you to be anything at all. Don't say, well, God can't use me. Mary could use that excuse. I'm a nobody from nowhere. I've got nothing to offer. And what you're asking me to do isn't in my plan, so I'm just going to stay here in Nazareth not how it works. She had faith. You got to help us to walk in faith. And lastly, not only was she a woman of humility and a woman of, of submissive spirit and, and faith, but she was a woman of praise. She was a woman of praise. We read verse 45, how Elizabeth said, blessed is she. But let's see what Mary said. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in the God of my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. She, she knew, she understood what had, been, what had been asked of her. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the, image, in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent, sent empty away. He hath opened, or helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. We can go on and on. The message, the message here clearly, the point clearly is this. She was someone who praised God. She didn't complain. Could she have been upset about how this might affect her relationship with her fiancé? We call it fiancé, or with her betrothed. We know, from, we, we know from reading about Joseph, he struggled with what to do. 
In fact, if the angel had not appeared to him, he would have divorced her quietly, put her away. Not publicly to make an example of her, but would have destroyed her hopes of marriage. And do you think you'd find somebody else would come along and marry a young woman who'd already had a baby? This, this, she went through, I, I don't remember the passage right now, there's, there's a passage where, where the, the, it's, the, they're in Nazareth and, and the, 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 the priests uh, bring up to Christ uh, as if uh, to say, are we somebody who was born out of wedlock? Why would they say that? Because it was widely known in Nazareth that she was pregnant before they were together. She had to carry that her whole life. Well, we look back, and, 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 and she is blessed. She was, uh, look at how God used her and blessed her. It must have been wonderful to be the son, of, the son or the, the mother of the, uh, of, of the Messiah. I, I'm sure there were blessings to it. I mean, he never lied. He didn't steal. He didn't argue back. Uh, it would have been a good kid. Have to protect him from all his brothers and sisters from beating on him, and because he's always doing the right thing. More importantly, while we look at her like she's raised up and exalted, because she is exalted in the Word of God, she is highly favored, she is blessed. The people of her day didn't look at her that way. There was a cost, and she did have to bear it. So here's a question for us. Maybe God's purpose for you isn't to bear the Son, the Messiah. God's not going to work in you in the same way he did in her. and That only needed to be done once. But just like God had a purpose for Mary, God has a purpose for you. I think especially of our young kids here. God has a purpose for all of our kids. But it doesn't matter how old you are, how much schooling you've gone through already. Jade, God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for, for Ezra. God has a purpose for Emily. God has a purpose for even Jacob. God has a purpose for all of us. And Ethan. I don't want to forget you. Well, the rest of them. They're just kids. So wasn't she. I don't know what their purpose is going to be. I don't. Only God knows. But as parents, we need to be teaching our kids to to listen for the leading of God. To serve and be willing to serve. To be of humble spirit. Submissive spirit. To be one that will trust God. And will trust God. Lead, that what God leads them to do. That he'll do it. That God will enable them to do it. And be those that praise God in the midst of it all. Because it may not be easy. They may have to give up some things. Praise God for those young people that will do that. You know how they're going to learn from us old people that, to do that? See it in our lives. And you just see that example in us first. I can't tell my kids to do something that I'm not willing to do. I mean, I tell them to clean up the, the cat litter. I don't like to do that, so I make them do it. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. We need to teach our kids by example. Because if we just teach them with our words and then we live a different way, I want to do what I want to do. I'm not going to be submissive. I'm not going to praise. I'm not going to be humble. I, I, hey, I, I, I know why God's used me. I am the best at, no. Humility, submissiveness, faith, and praise. May that be found in all of our lives. 
as we try to teach it to our kids. And may God use us for his purpose. God used Mary to accomplish his purpose. What's God's purpose for you? Are you willing to do it? And listen, one last thing. God found Mary. Mary didn't find God. This is what I'm saying. She wasn't out looking for God's purpose. She was just faithful where she was with a submissive spirit and a humble spirit, willing to do in a faithful spirit. That's why God chose her. You want to be used of God? Have a humble, submissive, faithful spirit. And God will find you. God found David in the shepherd's field. He didn't find him trying to get into the king. He wasn't trying to weasel his way into the king's court. He was serving as a shepherd. God found, God found I don't know where God found Elijah, but God found, doesn't tell us where he came from. God found Elisha in the field, working. God sent Elisha to go get him. Every time somebody is called in scripture, God is the one that calls. They're not mom and dad called. They're not pastor called. They're not even called because there's an opening. They're called because the Spirit of God moves upon them. May God help us find us ready. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to, to just to take these truths, Lord. Help us to have the, the, the humble spirit, Lord, the submissive, submissive spirit. Lord, help us to, to have faith in, in what, whatever it is you call. Lord, help us just be ready and willing uh, for, for what you're calling us to do, that you might accomplish your purpose, Lord, in our lives and in our church in our community. Father, I ask that you would have your way in us, Lord. Use this, this body of believers, Lord, uh, to reach the lost for Christ. Help us to grow this church, Lord. Help us to, uh, to disciple, Lord. Help us to see souls saved. Lord, help us to, to serve you. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.